Welcome, citizen, to the Watchtower. My name is Gary. And my name is Ben, and we'll be your guides as you peruse the archives of the world's greatest superhero group, the Justice League. And we hope that you'll join us on today's adventure. Welcome to episode 34, Made of Honor, part two. Gary, you're not going to believe it. I didn't put a plot summary in. <laughs> oh, no. Why am I like this? <laughs> All right, let's see what I can remember. Ugh. Uh, Batman and Wonder Woman try to get to Cosnia to stop the wedding of Audrey to Vandal Savage, known Nazi war criminal. Wonder Woman gets captured, uh, and Vandal Savage begins his plans to uh, assume control of the Cosnian military via space catapult. Batman uh, sends Green Lantern, John Jones, and The Flash to blow up the space catapult, and at the same time, rescue uh, goes off to rescue Wonder Woman. They eventually break out, rescue Audrey from her uh, domestic captivity, and assault Vandal Savage throne throne room slash slash command station, while uh, while the rest of the Justice League goes and saves some astronauts. That's kind of it. That is, I don't remember how it ends. That is There's probably it. one more sentence in there if I did my fucking job <laughs> and made my plot summary ahead of time. It's okay. I think you nailed it. I, I hope so, Gary. I mean, uh, I feel like I feel like they really did front load the plot in part one, and then this they is did. just kind of stuff happening. Let's 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 peel the mind back and like look at it from a content structuring perspective. Mm-hmm. In the first part, we were pared down to two yes. of the seven, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman and Batman, and they're doing noir shit. Yep. They're doing detective work. They're doing Girls' Night Out. This is all really like immersive, low-stakes uh, kind of snooping dialogue, all that stuff going on, political yeah. intrigue. That's all like pretty hush-hush, put the pot to a simmer stuff, and then bam! Mm-hmm. Second episode comes in, and we're immediately fucking fighting. <laughs> yeah. Just immediately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, dude, it's like 20 seconds of Batman saying, hey, Wonder Woman, get up. We have to go fight in a forest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, di- I didn't time it, but it couldn't have been much more than 20 seconds. I don't remember anything happening prior to that. So, yeah, I feel like it, it just opened with a gunfight. He woke her up and gave her a canteen of water, and then they're like, yeah. you gotta go punch some Vandal Savage. That's right. I gotta fly that stupid-ass bat plane for about five minutes. Oh, we gotta talk about the bat plane looking pretty dumb as usual. <laughs> and the stuff on the screen, dude, <laughs> did you see like the, the the radar like yes. icons in the plane? Yeah. It was like a fucking... NES Top Gun yeah. <laughs> like nonsense icon in the middle where like it's just like oh a missile is heading toward me with like the little dot 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 from the old Indiana Jones movies right it's it's so like low tech it's hilarious oh uh, yeah I was I was thinking total Windows 95 screensaver kind of yes. material <laughs> it's incredible <laughs> or like pilot wings right yeah yeah perfect um yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I hate this thing so much, but whenever I see it, I'm just it like... It looks bad here. Yeah, it's underwhelming. You're it's not wrong. Especially against that bright blue sky. Like, if it's dark, I'm okay with it. But... I, I think it fits... I think it fits if you put it against the backdrop of Gotham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you are chasing Penguin sailing away on his umbrella sh- slash shotgun, yep. I think it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if this is... I mean, this is a straight-up call back to the world war ii stuff that was going on with vandal savage with all the airplane dogfighting, and it's just not 
very cool? No, I wasn't a huge fan of it then. I know you liked it more than I did, but I, I, I thought this was worse by a long shot. Yeah, I, I don't like this one. I'd still like Wonder Woman taking down planes. Yes. For whatever reason, that appeals to me. Oh, yeah. I like you know? watching Wonder Woman do most anything. She's she's kind of like a a surprise favorite of ours mm-hmm. yeah. in, in these arcs. Like, Wonder Woman episodes tend to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the, the bat plane fighting is not great. Uh, what are your thoughts on this next sequence where... There's the audio of the, like the marriage ceremony begins and all of the audio is from the pastor doing some form of like ceremony while the here comes the bride theme is going on. Mm-hmm. But inter, but like juxtaposed with that audio, we get the visual of Wonder Woman fighting dudes in the forest, du- fighting dudes in the woods, trying to make her way toward this place. Do you want to ask me again at the end of the episode? Uh, <laughs> I guess I could. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I, I, I'll go ahead and front load it and say that that was probably my favorite moment of the episode. I just, it's cool. Yeah. I liked the way it played out. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't know what cinematography, cinema, cinematic graphically they're trying to tell me mm-hmm. with this. Yeah. I don't either. Like love it. Like love is a battlefield. <laughs> is that what we're doing? I don't know. But <laughs> I mean, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, clearly this is a high stakes intense moment. Like there is a marriage going on that's always going to be that way, especially because, you know, this, this woman is someone dear to Wonder Woman who's about to make a big mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, and despite divorce being very common and very understanding, uh, a, a very common phenomenon, for some reason it is still marginalized in our culture. Yep. So uh, there's no going back on that. I guess it does mean more for like the royal family to have a, you know, this kind of... This kind of kind of stain on their record. Yeah, this rift, as we've learned over the past, you know, year. But <laughs> yeah, um, but it, it's it's a cool sequence, and it's nice and cinematic. It's nice and cinematic. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it would have worked better as the closer of the last episode. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, I could see that. I, they'd have to front load some of the the action, right, and then do some of the other get ready to do the space station stuff on the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, cause frankly, cutting out any of the nightclub stuff was not gonna, that's not okay. No, no. Can't be done. I mean, if it, if, so, it, if it's for the sake of the nightclub, then they did it exactly right. Yeah. I, I would say that this in isolation is fine, but in total probably could have been put in a better spot for the arc of the episode. I, I will agree with that. Like, as I was watching it, I was like, this is awesome storytelling. It's a climax. Yeah. It's a visual storytelling moment that I love but I don't mm-hmm. think it fits here. I don't know where it fits. It's yeah. either the la- end of the last episode or the climax of this one. Mm-hmm. That would have been a good actually not. finale for the last one because then the finale could have been the Savage and, and her, you know, becoming married or something. And then that yeah. should be continued, you know, like, but eh. Yeah, it could have been good. But uh, yeah, Them going out on the You May Kiss the Bride moment. Mm-hmm. Very nice cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. I can see it in, yeah. in my mind's eye. But yeah, so then we get the ultimate wedding crasher, a frickin' tank. There's this great visual sequence of the tank crashing through the wall as as Wonder Woman throws it and then uh, basically stopping the wedding as hard as she can. It's the only way, right way to stop a wedding. Yeah. I don't want to hear your I object. Like, how hard do you object? Do you object tank hard? Because then I'll listen. <laughs> <laughs> Take a note. Take notes, Gary. Okay, I... Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> You'll need to know this someday. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> I will I will do my best to get a tank thrown through the chapel uh, of of your wedding. Synagogue. <laughs> of synagogue. I'm sorry. <laughs> However you choose to live your life. I went the courthouse route. It's cheaper. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you got to give uh, some credit to the gumption of a man who shows up to his own wedding with a laser gun. Yeah, that's true. Because he blasts Wonder Woman on the spot, and uh, Princess Audrey does not even have, doesn't doesn't even cast any doubts at Vandal Savage for this. Like, I got the impression that he's been kind of working her for a while. Mm-hmm. He's been working this case for a long time. Yeah. Like, he's, he's put the seeds in place of, like, gaslighting her to the point where she doesn't uh, do, she, she doesn't have any suspicions about him anymore. Mm-hmm. That, that's the impression that I got from this because, like, I don't know. Like, the, all they've shown us is her and Wonder Woman being chummy and not a lot of her and Vandal Savage. Right. So, so uh, you know, I imagine they've probably met a few times. It's a royal wedding or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, it is an arranged marriage. So I, I think they're leaving some stuff in the gutter for brevity, but that's kind of how I took it. Yeah, yeah. Audrey goes to question Wonder Woman, which I, I like the power dynamic inherent in that. Yeah. Like the normal person talking to Wonder Woman depowered in a cage. She's got like laser handcuffs that they like to do in DC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the personalities at play here because like Audrey is used to being manipulated. So she probably understands something is fucked up about Vandal's motivations. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like uh, they don't know that much about each other. Clearly there's some politics going on. So like she has to know she's being manipulated in some way, but like. Um, I like to imagine that Audrey is taking Wonder Woman at her word, but has to appear angry for the guard's sake, but I don't think that it's true. Right. <laughs> like, I, I want that to be the way of it because I really believe in this, in this, uh, cough, cough, female friendship. Mm-hmm. You're dropping but, um, some hot fanfic over here. I know, Gary. <laughs> I will s- the links in the show notes, folks. <laughs> Uh, uh, but there could have been like kind of some animation details of her like side eyeing the guards and then saying how she's angry mm-hmm. to like lower the suspicion level. But um, I think that she is actually just angry at Wonder Woman for stopping her wedding. Probably. Something that occurs to me is that Audrey has spent her whole life being played by users. Like her father yes. has been essentially lying to her, her now. Uh, husband has been lying to her. Wonder Woman is the only person who's been honest with her. And I think that that has to play heavily into her mind. Probably, probably. She's probably distrustful of Wonder Woman as like, if everybody is like this to me, then what makes Vandal so bad and you so good? Mm -hmm. Like, aren't you also manipulating me sort of? Yeah, yeah. She's she's sort of a Sansa, Sansa Stark figure in that way. Like, I could probably watch a series that is just about like, what is it like for the ruler of a country that is trying to be overthrown by supervillains. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, I think that there's probably some, some storytelling you could do there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always like kind of seeing how normal people deal in a world of, of heroes and, and villains. Like Lex Luthor, certainly smart, got tech, got money, but um, it's just a man. Right. Like he has to have plans for heat vision. And I, and I like to see how the wheels turn of the normal person who is just trying to protect themselves and protect their interests in a world full of supermen that can throw green lasers out of their dicks, right. you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. You have to slow it down, but that's how the animation goes. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that's that's what's so appealing about Batman in this series. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, he's just a man. And uh, but he's got all the preemptive measures taken just in case shit goes down. Just in case. I mean, I would love to see like some version of MTV Cribs, but with uh, just the Batcave <laughs> where he's like, yo, this is what I got in case Aquaman Here's goes crazy. Here's my giant crazy. penny. Where's yours? Yeah, right. I got it. You got T-Rexes? Um, <laughs> <laughs> still don't understand that design detail, but. <laughs> I don't know. I think like he's just real into dinosaurs. I hope that's the reason. Like I want maybe he's just you know, what is the biggest bat of all other than a dinosaur? I... That's the I'll throw the question to you, Gary. You know Riddle me this. Bats. Con- consider me riddled. <laughs> <laughs> that's the other MTV show, Riddled yeah, right. with an apostrophe by hosted by Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we, we then go into this like space railgun subplot, which I think is just a is it's just a um it's just a plot device from the book um, uh, the moon is a harsh mistress, which is like a, a like a communist manifesto, like a socialism manifesto oh. for uh, being exploited by the pro for but being exploited by the overclass and what you can do in order to fight them on level ground. Um, and like the moon is basically a underclass. And in order to get a level playing field, they build a gigantic just rock catapult, hmm. um, which is essentially this. Interesting. But the, this, this railgun, I like, I like the mechanics of it. Right. You know, it's, it's very cool mm-hmm. how like Vandal goes through all the pieces. He's like meteorites are mostly iron or they got a sufficient iron component. They can be magnetized. And you see like this little, rock or something go through all these rings in this outer space thing and accelerate and then get launched into the pacific right yeah it's 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 a pretty cool bond death trap it was real it was a real bill nye moment a real educational you know i i i thought i mean i don't know if the science is real or not but i thought it was pretty fun uh you can do that yeah, the maglev is like a technology that they use in some trains, mm. and like I, I think that that's how they. I don't know if they do it um, for space. I think that's mostly solar sails, but um, it's it's doable. Right on, from what I understand. Yeah, and they do artificial gravity, and that shit still breaks my brain whenever I try to think of it. <laughs> right, you're walking on what? <laughs> and it's because rotating. Fuck this place. <laughs> Just walk out of the space station. Right. <laughs> I'll be in my quasar. <laughs> I don't know what it is about me with the one-liners today. I, I'm I'm a real saucy boy. <laughs> it is all good. Oh, I I gotta talk to you about like this Bond delivery though, because mm. like this gives me such Doctor Evil vibes when Vandal Savage like radios the world and is like, "Good evening, I'm Vandal Savage. Uh, this is my terrorist machine, and I need to see. There's going to be some changes around here." Um, he talks like someone who likes the sound of his own voice, oh, yeah. and like he's used to being the smartest person of the room because he probably is because he's thousands of years old. Right. But um, he says he says this great line: um, "There are going to be some changes." Item one, and then he grabs a stack of fucking flashcards in case he lost his place. <laughs> he grabs a stack of flashcards, Gary, and then starts reading them to the entire world. Yes, he does. Like he didn't memorize them ahead of time. <laughs> it's like a like a real quick detail, and they cut away from it so that we can engage the B plot. But it's just fucking whoa! Right, right. Makes you wonder how long <laughs> that speech went on. 
Yeah, it's like a whole like uh, twelve hours it's a whole later. Novella. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Green Lantern, Flash, and John Jones go to evacuate the astronauts. Yeah, and I don't know. This feels like stuff we've seen before. Um, it, it wasn't terribly exciting. Nowhere near as exciting as the first half of this arc. Um, How do you feel about the Javelin as opposed to the Batmobile? We've got like this space plane or the Javelin 7, I believe is what it's called. Uh, you know, I, I like the Javelin okay. I think it looks pretty good in the series. I think it looks, you know, I mean, there's a lot of... It looks good against a space backdrop or a underwater backdrop where the Bat, where Batplane doesn't. Right. Right? Right. Yeah. Um. It, it, I think I think if it were to look, you know, if we were to be seeing it just like on a bright sunny day in a park, you know, it might not have quite as uh, good a look to it. But I, I thought it was neat. The thing about the Batplane in this series that bothers me versus the Batplane in almost every other series is that it's just so bland. Like It's so sleek. There's no Millennium Falcon pieces on it at all. Yeah, but like whenever they showed like the backside of the Javelin, it was like, oh, there's there's working parts, you know, like there you yeah. can see the flame thrusters and, and everything. And it feels like a cockpit of a Star Trek, you know, yeah. like you can see on the inside and mm-hmm. that gives you kind of a nice, whoa, there's just a thin layer of glass between us and nothingness kind of kind of feel to it. Yeah, and I'm I'm a little bit concerned about whoever built it because it is clearly not built to last based on its you know, inaugural flight in this episode. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you like the Javelin, Gary, uh-huh. because it turns out that the Javelin 7 is my character highlight of the episode. <laughs> Look, he, it, it was this or General, or Colonel fucking Vox. <laughs> I stand by my decision. I, I applaud you, sir. <laughs> the Watchtower's plane, <laughs> the Javelin 7. This plane is designed for Earth space transit from the Watchtower, particularly for members of the League who cannot sustain themselves traverse the vacuum of space. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also capable of atmospheric and underwater travel. So it's, it's I don't know how it stands the pressures of the bottom of the ocean and the vacuum of space, but I'm not Batman, and <laughs> Batman's the one who designed it. Right. Designed and engineered it, actually, which I don't believe. I think it was, you know, Lu- Lucius Fox. Right. I think it was his R&D department. Like, he even said it was in the aerospace budget for Wayne Enterprises, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't say that he personally, Tony Stark, did himself. Right. But apparently that's the lore. Right. Um, yeah, and it's this is, uh, after the League was expanded, there were new Javelins that were designed, and then they're stored in a hangar, which I don't know if they have a hangar yet. Like, I thought it was just, like, you know, one of those, like, portholes or whatever, and they just parked it in the in the, in the yard. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Near near all the tires. <laughs> near, near near that dog uh, chained up on a post in the vacuum of space. But uh, yeah, apparently they have a hangar. Hmm. Um, but that's really all I have to say about Javelin Seven. I just had less to say about Colonel Vox, man. Yeah, it's 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 probably more interesting. But you do acknowledge that Javelin Seven looks better than the Batplane, and I think I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Um, you know, the Batplane has looked better in, in, in almost every other animated series, but it just, for whatever reason, like, there was no love put into this one, I feel like. I also think that it's uh, a necessary component of a lot of these superhero shows is um, catching that Star Wars dogfight energy. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we see it a lot. We see it underwater with the Aquaman. Yep. We see it in the World War II flashback stuff. Not really flashback. Right. Kind of like a flashback, depending on your terminology, but... Um, and we see it here, like this this space dog fight. Mm-hmm. So 
and we even see it in the the first step the first arc with like the canyon run yep. so there's like a lot of star wars energy that they're trying to get um and i i don't inherently hate it i think that they maybe do it a little too much but uh right the javelin is a fine plane i had to say javelin seven specifically because apparently there is also a character in dc called javelin okay and he's one of those dumb ones gary okay <laughs> Uh, and I don't want to talk about him further. But, That's fair. Uh, that that is all I have to say. I didn't know if this was like a snowball from The Simpsons kind of thing. Like, no, there were six other <laughs> were the javelins. First six Flash fucked up three of them. <laughs> like Superman got coffee all over the back seats because <laughs> he's a coffee drinker in the Batmobile. We know this. It's canon. Yes, it absolutely is. Yeah. So I guess next time we see the javelin, it must be the javelin eight. Javelin eight. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> For those keeping track at home. <laughs> so uh, it's around this time that we, they heard what you said last time around. So they, they actually gave us Vandal Savage's backstory and animated I form. love it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's Audrey confronts him basically, or he doesn't, she doesn't really confront him and say, you better come clean. She just kind of like insinuates that shit's going on and want, she wants to know more. Mm-hmm. And then he just fucking unloads his hamlet speech in front of everyone in the world yep. and is like yeah you're kind of past the point where i care about keeping you in the dark so i won't anymore right uh you've been had I, you can tell that he likes the self-narration and that he's given the speech a million times like this is this is a practiced routine oh yeah yeah and i, I love that he loves it mm-hmm. like so much about this is the performance of it you know <laughs> right He's got a face for a villain too. Like it, it, he just is. You, you can tell that he thinks of himself as the necessary extremist, mm-hmm. but that he loves it. Oh yeah, you can tell that there's enjoyment here, and that's so important to a like. I don't care about Brainiac, and I never will because there's no enjoyment. Right. I want a villain who loves that what he's doing. Oh yeah, and you know he's telling everyone, like every person that doesn't matter to his plot, like he's telling them this backstory. He, he the is... second he can reveal himself oh, yeah. to someone, he does it. He it's in the training puts videos. The king in a stroke in order to reveal himself to the king <laughs> rather than kill him. Right. That's the kind of guy we're dealing with here. Yeah, I like to think that every time that he brings on new recruits, whether they're Nazis or generic space thugs, like in this episode, there's a training video. And and uh, so you've decided to work at Savage Industries. <laughs> You're on your way to a well-formed national multinational corporation, and here's how where you come in. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. This guy looks young. Well, let me tell you, I've been around since th- <laughs> the Mesozoic. I may look young, but I'm actually. <laughs> He's a master of bad splaining. I would lo- I would love a training video by Vandal Savage. <laughs> yeah. It's more of a Luther thing. They do the Luther training video in Harley Quinn. There. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's super funny. <laughs> like, I, I can't get over it. It's got, like, the old-timey technology with, like, the wavy VHS lines and everything. The Excellent. Skipping skipping tape sort of thing. Right. It's very good. <laughs> um, um, I, I wish that the reaction shot was a bit better mm-hmm. by Audrey. Like, I don't know whether it was just, like, the weird way they draw women's eyes in this that made me feel like it was super forced. But it, it didn't feel organic the way that she was affronted and struck out to scratch Vandal Savage's face. I agree, but that scratch looked in painful. It was gnarly, it was, yeah. Yeah. And then it's... You can tell that she's used to giving scratches. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's why Wonder Woman had to switch to her regular outfit. 
Yeah, that's just, just convenient enough reason. But yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, give me another one. Um. <laughs> More, please. <laughs> but yeah, but we get to see the scratches on his face just heal within seconds. I didn't seconds. realize he had Deadpool malevolence. Yeah, I was thinking, yeah, Logan or Wolverine vibes. Some, something like that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's Weapon V. Uh, He's something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it was just Im- g- generic immortality, like age immortality, like contractual immortality, not like ultra healing. Right, yeah. But I guess if you're doing it from a meteorite, that's his backstory, by the way. He got immortality powers from meteorite because he was cold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Can- canon, canonically cold. <laughs> uh, and, and he tries to rule the world to, uh, to warm him once again, mm-hmm. just like the warmth he will never again feel from that meteorite. Right. Which, uh... Mm. Long, long past. Mm. Very sad. That's that's heavy. Batman rescues Wonder Woman with a paperclip. Go, <laughs> <laughs> go, gadget. Like, yeah, is this this isn't the lock picking tool? This just looks like a paperclip yeah. that he's picking the lock with. Absolutely, and these locks look sturdy. He should have tools for this. This is his whole thing. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess he's not a burglar, but like, I feel like he's he's the one of the group who could and would do a lock picking. It looks distinctly not like a tool. Like lockpickers' tools have like those two little things and the the little hooks at the end of them, right? Mm-hmm. I you can tell me as part of your you know night job <laughs> how how they look. <laughs> I assume. I haven't even googled it. <laughs> well, I have. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they they break Wonder Woman out and then they break Audrey out, and we're kind of headed toward the final confrontation um as they do that but first more space station antics right so this this is kind of like the heavy action without consequence part of the arc we have these every so often where it's just it's time for a fight scene right you know we just it doesn't necessarily need to be one they could have fast forwarded all of this there's not really a lot of plot in the way we get to watch flash take out a villain say a couple one-liners do a spacewalk that kind of thing and i believe i believe we both love this right uh, we're, we're both big fans of I actually action. think it is pretty good as far as like action filler goes yeah this one wasn't bad um, it, it was kind of fun getting to see Flash do his thing and uh, yeah. you know they all served a purpose he so often is the butt of the joke that I'm glad that he got his got his chance to kind of play yeah I don't think I rolled my eyes once and he, he like is the person who finds the control room which is like that's a perfect job for him is find the thing yep. quickly yep Time is a for- factor here. We need a fact, fast answer to this. Find the thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that he's used to that effect. Um, and John does his stretchy powers, which are not very frequently used. Uh, he becomes Plastic Man. Yeah, Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it looks pretty good, like the the, the plasticity of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Like the way that he kind of 2Ds back into 3D, I thought that that was kind of a nice effect and once again like he just i mean i guess this one makes more sense than some of the other like unexpected powers that he's displayed because this is shape-shifting ability so mm-hmm. sure he can can become snake man or whatever he needs to do to avoid the attack but mm-hmm. yeah it's just like it seems like every time that he has an action sequence i learn something new about him yeah yeah i i, I think that that it's pretty good as far as 
kind of pointless action sequences go. I liked this one enough. I actually had like a little moment of, oh, but Flash is still in space. Why are you cutting back to something that isn't Flash being in space trying to get rescued? Yeah. And I was really hoping that Flash would get himself out of it somehow. Right. I don't know how he would do it. Yeah. Probably the Speed Force. But like eventually John John Stewart rescues him. Green Lantern rescues him. Mm-hmm. But uh, that it was kind of like a tense moment. Like, oh shit. Like space without green lantern powers is generally bad mm-hmm. flash is probably in a bind yeah yeah uh it turns out all that was wrong was he was a little bit cold uh it was chilly but that that led to uh you know uh green lantern sets him down he's like take it easy big guy and 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 flash is like nope and just runs and knocks out all the guards it was pretty fun yeah he, he was like kind of t- done toying with them he's like i want to go home yeah i'm done with this yeah right next episode oh you would be too if you got sucked out into the vacuum of space i'm inclined to agree yeah it it has happened once and i did feel like beating someone up afterwards <laughs> but i cannot remember if that person deserved it i don't think it matters that's fair yeah those are international waters gary <laughs> so it like morals cease to apply morals are laws right yes <laughs> they're there that's that's a synonym for law state it with confidence it's got to be true <laughs> that's a nick <laughs> i heard you do a nick <laughs> i have a very important note yes that i need to share with you okay last episode no yeah last episode uh vandal savage pulled out a bunch of flashcards in order to give his talking points to his shareholders the rest of the world right in this episode he uses a fucking touch screen to aim his space gun. He takes out his tablet and drags his finger across this gun toward Paris on the globe. On an icon of the globe. It's not a 2D map. Mm-hmm. He just fucking drags and drops. Yep. It's as simple as that. It's a single touch, you know, authorization. Fire the fucking space laser at Paris. Go, 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 go. <laughs> How how is that possible? How is that the targeting mechanism the interface? It blows my mind. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. Back in 2002 or whenever this aired, that's especially incredible. It reminds me of those old historical archive footage of uh the 1969 space uh of, of the of the first space launch. Um and you look at the command center and it's just a little it's a guy with his thumbs at an Atari. <laughs> Or like a Game Gear, right. and he, that's the guy doing the launch. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I just, I just get the feeling like Vandal Savage is like a corporate executive <laughs> with all all this office place tech. Right. It's just very funny. Yeah, yeah. Technology moves pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. And, but you know, he's not accepted at the country club because he's new money, so he has to establish ties with the old world and the Kaznian print princess is the way to do it tries to go to the country club and they point to the sign that says no villainous goatees allowed that's that's discrimination is what that is i didn't say it was right i just said it's what happened (laughs) you know they allow that in the international waters (laughs) up in space you can you can play any green you want in space astroturf there we go that's it there it is next joke Gary, what happened to me? What happened to me this episode? I don't, I, I don't know. I'm off to the fucking races. I, I'm on the moon. You, you can't see me. Like I'm, my hair's disheveled. I'm. Well, you can see me, but the listeners can't. I can see. You. I'm, I'm, I'm losing it over here. We're both <laughs> descending into madness live on the podcast. <laughs> You're watching it happen in real time. <laughs> um, so there's a, there's a fun moment here where Diana goes to fight 
Vox Man, the least interesting Mega Man villain. And mm-hmm. so she takes Diana's earrings. So you mean Audrey's earrings? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, she takes Audrey's earrings. And it's it's a little forced, Gary. <laughs> Gary, it's a little forced. I had to. I, I actually rewound it because I was like, "Did what? <laughs> Did they jump through all of those hoops to make Audrey important to this story?" I it percuse me. Uh, well, uh, if I a baking powder, she was saved by fashion. That's <sighs> that's that's progression, right? Okay, I do like that. I didn't consider that aspect <laughs> of it. I just I hated the fact that it meant that we jumped through these hoops because we needed Audrey to play a role, right? And that that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 so it's so obviously. Um, what's the word contrived mm-hmm. in an effort to make her plot relevant. Yes. And I just, I don't care about her plot relevance at this point. I agree. Her utility is in character growth. And I, I do like that. You know, now that you mention it, I, I'm, I'm taking one foot off the gas. Uh, it is good that fashion saves her. Cause it's like kind of her whole arc is like accepting that there is utility. To, oh God, that actually is really good yeah. that there is utility to fashion and to femininity. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, okay. I we'll split the difference. Um, it is an okay moment. It is partially really good and partially really bad. Yeah, I, it's good for arc and bad for plot. I, also, I'm reaching. That's probably that might not have been what they were thinking <laughs> at all. I mean, I no, it has to be. Yeah, I I would hope so. I don't know. I would hope that the, like the reason, like I mean, the the idea of Wonder Woman's direct assault failing. Mm-hmm. But that this kind of cloak and dagger, silk hiding steel sort of femininity is the way to get through. Yeah, like that. And and they have been beefing. You know, the Vox, Gen- Colonel Vox, and uh, Wonder Woman. This is like their second confrontation, right? Right. So there is a grudge there, and for her to overcome that grudge with femininity as opposed to the direct action thing, yeah. I I can see it. Yeah, I like it. I I just I just hate the I know the reason that it's here. Right. And it's to make that fucking normie uh plot relevant right and and i think that's that's cheap yeah yeah but i'm sorry to poke the wind out of your sails gary i didn't mean to that's okay fashion saved my life ben (laughs) (laughs) all right well i have to hear that story how did that wasn't as glorious as this it was just i had to watch like 10 seasons of project runway to figure it out (laughs) (laughs) that show saves a lot of Transforms a few too, <laughs> but yeah, that that's kind of the extent of the fight. Yeah, they don't actually even because Vandal Savage, for as much of a good villain he is, he's not really a fighter. He's mm-hmm. a strategist. He's a mastermind. Yeah. and um, his tools have been taken out. The space station has been disabled, but not after firing one last space rock. Right. Batman redirects that shit right to his fortress, right to the Cosnian monarchy fortress that he got married in. So that and that's classic james bond turn the tables kind of stuff there's a mass destruction device that's targeting europe Mm -hmm. you're targeting yourself now like that's i i don't know what movie that's from but it's from a movie yeah oh no it's all the bond movies all all of them perhaps yeah Yeah. like that's how the spy thing gets through is the the underdog formula gets through you always have to turn the tables by using their strengths against them Mm -hmm. so whether that be you know seduce the seducer or turn the laser on yourself yep um it's classic James Bond stuff, and I'm I'm pretty here for it. The only thing that was cut for time was Vandal Savage shouting "I'm a god" right before the laser hit his castle. 
what I really like is that when Batman goes to redirect the controls, he like just pushes Vandal Savage out of the way and he's like, you're in my way. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not cool at all. He just shoves him because Vandal Savage is not on Batman's strength level. So like, he can't really interpose himself in a conflict like this. Right, right. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It is. This leads to one of the most brutal things I think I've ever seen on this show where uh, Vandal Savage comes out of the ground all Solomon Grundy-like and he just, his his clothes are ripped to shreds and all his bones are broken, but he's just snapping them back into place. Hang on, can we, let's figure this out. So yeah. Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday, christened on Tuesday, something on Wednesday. Was it married on Thursday? I believe so. I think it's married. So this was a Thursday. Okay. Oh yeah. We've confirmed. We've confirmed this has to be Thursday. Mm-hmm. And it's um, Castle. If nobody knows what I'm talking about, read up on your Solomon Grundy lore. Yep, kiddos. Yeah. And Friday was Castle destroyed, right? Castle destroyed on Friday. So it might be Friday. So- <laughs> it's one of those leap days. Like honestly, Cosnia <laughs> does things fucking weird. They use the metric system. I don't right, know. Right. Right. It's Thursday somewhere. <laughs> exactly <laughs> but uh yeah you you are right he comes out of the ground after like the you know the space rock crashes into his base and uh you know wonder woman and batman are there and and princess audrey watching him like this disheveled grotesque like all of his bones are kind of cracking back into place and realigning and everything like it's pretty gruesome this healing factor going on in real time yeah yeah. You know, it, it kind of harkens back to that first arc where tendrils were like going <sighs> under Jean Jones's skin. Ugh. Yeah. It's not quite that grisly, but it's it's pretty pretty rough. I don't know, as someone who just recently experienced a broken finger, I did not enjoy the parts where his fingers were bent backwards and snapping oh, into place. Oh yeah. That's a good one. I was one. like, eh, this this might be the wor- most brutal thing on the show, but I agree. A little bit cringy. The tentacles in episode 1 were harsh. Yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> But yeah, uh, th- th- we're kind of pretty firmly in epilogue. I don't remember what happens to Vandal Savage. Like, he just gets taken in by guards, right? Yeah, uh, well, okay. So she says, uh, he says, uh, uh, you can't kill me. And she says something to oh, the extent of we can try. or Something real badass. Yeah, yeah, like she's assuming the power now. Like, I feel like this this whole arc was kind of a growth arc for her, putting aside the... Um, the, the the whims of the party girl mm-hmm. and accepting that she is this new person and ruler and kind of coming to terms with it because that was a fear of hers is that she wouldn't her identity wouldn't survive the transition right uh and it has yeah no thanks in no small part to friends like wonder woman yep exactly yeah it's actually like you know there's me really reaching but like <laughs> you can you can see this as like a as as kind of a manifest to keep your friends even when you get into a relationship mm-hmm. like like to make sure that you are still an individual person afterwards and friend, friends can help you maintain your in, your independence yes. in doing so yeah definitely and that is me reaching but i did There's, i did it you couldn't stop me i believe in healthy separation and yeah, uh, yeah. exactly definitely so then uh, in the epilogue it's uh Wonder Woman comes up to Batman and says, you still owe me a dance, implying that she knows that it was Bruce Wayne. And he says, I don't know what you're talking about. And she, it's very good. Because yeah. I didn't know at the beginning whether or not Wonder Woman knew that it, Bruce Wayne was Batman. No, I didn't either. They left it They left it comically, or, or they left it enticingly vague yes. whether or not she was in on it. Because mm-hmm. we know that Batman is in on it. Right. Wonder Woman can't walk down the street without turning heads for either paparazzi or 
glandular reasons. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so like you know, Bruce knows. Arguably, but, I like, think Bruce. Does Wonder Woman know? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, she does, or at least she suspects. She suspects. She's got her ideas. Uh, she, but she says, "But you still got to take me dancing." Yeah. Which is like, dude, like that's the moment for me. That's like it. The 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 earrings bit is good in, in that vein mm-hmm. of the whole arc, but like. Her embracing the femininity without someone needing to drag it out of her. Yep. Yes. We have we have arrived, <laughs> friend. Yes. Great outro. I, I love I love um just call me a sucker, but I love all the uh all, all the relationship cues that this show sets up. And um anytime that we go a while without having something and then something happens, it just sets my heart all a flutter, you know? Yeah, it, it, it shows that, like, they they haven't forgotten. Like, they're, they're keeping all these plates spinning. Like, I, I they're, you know, doing these superhero plots in the background, and they have the action sequences. Like, it's, it's this is not one tangible thing. Like, I always kind of go back and forth on this, is, is how much involvement into my characters do I need mm. in order to enjoy a show? Mm. And it's more than none. Right. Like, I can't, I can't just stomach kind of a perfect hair forever madness party. Right um or or anything like that but it doesn't need to be romance like it can be like kind of a sibling thing in gravity falls yeah. or or even something like much more much more shallow mm-hmm. um but i think that this show does a good job of balancing that yes there are romantic potential here even if we're not always focused on it and they don't focus on it that much they don't but they never forget about it. right and i love that and they never forget about wonder woman's whole embracing her femininity arc yep now she wants to go dancing, Gary. <laughs> do you know how happy that makes me? I, uh, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it. <laughs> I'm feeling it. I mean, it, it's uh, it, it's it's really nice, and it's. I feel like we've gone a long time without Wonder Woman. Uh, so it's it's real. I mean, she's been there, I guess, but just like mm-hmm. bit 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 part. So it's good to we have. We had a couple early arcs focus. for her, but this was kind of a, a big. Let's check in with her again and see how she's doing. Turns out she's doing great. She's crushing it. Turns out. Yeah. Yeah. That it, this is she got her group. Back. She did. Ah, oh, yes. Well, she got a group for the first yeah. time. <laughs> this is this is the ascent of the groove. This is the groove age. Yes. For Wonder Woman. The less popular prequel, how Stella got her groove for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much all I've got. Do we want to transition to favorite moment? Let's do it. You already know mine, so. My favorite moment has got to be Vandal Savage reading flashcards. <laughs> I think that was actually in this in this episode, but the touchscreen was a close second. Either or. I mean, both quality moments. And yes, just to reiterate, for those who tuned in after the commercial, uh, mine is the uh, cool montage over the wedding march. Yeah, and, and just to... So everyone knows, there's no audio from the Wonder Woman fight scene. Yes, there's not even sound it's effects. It's all the audio from the from the wedding. Yeah. There's no sound effects of, like, combat going on when the combat is going on. Like, it gave me real, um, uh, it, it gave me, like, the real, uh, like, a real feeling of, um, Full Metal Jacket, the end of Full Metal Jacket, mm-hmm. where they're all marching and singing Mickey Mouse as they're, like, marching out of, like, this hellscape. Right. In war. Like, it just, like, that juxtaposition is so at odds. Mm-hmm each piece of it that it really like shows each in stark contrast yeah. like there this is supposed to be a serene setting but there is so much chaos on its way mm-hmm. very effective yeah I, I and really kind of brave it is it's it's a bold move for i mean like i as a film person like i think i i see the the the, the meaning and the purpose behind it but like as a kid thing it's kind of a weird move 
Uh, it's distinctly artsy. It is. In a way that the show normally is not. Yes. Yeah. That's that's the truth. And, uh, I mean... I'm glad for it, though. Like, I, I think it is a very cool addition. It is. I, I just wish it were placed better. But beyond that... It's cool. So let's 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 wrap this up. Yeah. This arc. How do you feel about it? Uh lukewarm, honestly. Like I love all the Wonder Woman and um or all the Diana and Audrey stuff. I love the Batman or Bruce and Diana stuff. But everything yeah. beyond that, like the the villain thing, the space stuff, I'm I enjoyed it while it was happening, but like I don't care about it. I won't remember it, I don't think. Space stuff is very definition of a B plot. I don't hate the whole Vandal Savage bit being married to Audrey because, like, I think that fits his character. Like the whole position myself politically to take power. Mm-hmm. He's he is sort of that mastermind kind of figure. Like he assumed political power before, so if it's a pol- political thing, he's probably behind it. Right. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just in a funky mood, but I just kind of I, I kind of felt like the Vandal Savage stuff was secondary to everything else that I cared about. And, uh, you know, I just, it, it didn't, I didn't mind it, but I just didn't think it was uh, super important. Yeah, I think the forefront of this is certainly the Audrey Diana stuff. And I honestly could have seen more. Mm-hmm. Like they could have fleshed that out a significantly longer portion of this arc. And I would have been pleased as punch, but uh, then we wouldn't have had action, which kind of shows the Achilles heel of this formula. Yeah which is a, a metaphor that I'm sure Wonder Woman appreciate. <laughs> but I don't know. I, uh, I I went into this arc remembering that this is the one where Wonder Woman goes clubbing, so I had very high expectations, and they were not met. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of stuff in the B plot that I just didn't care about. Right. But there's also a lot of stuff in the A plot that I'm I'm pretty into. Yeah. So I, I like I like how it kind of nicely ties up Wonder Woman's whole embrace femininity, become acquainted with man's world, that whole arc. Mm-hmm. If they do nothing more with it, I will be satisfied. Yeah. We know at this point we know and we have experienced bad plots. And I don't think this is one of them. I just don't think it's one that holds my interest all that well. Yeah. I'd say it's medium. Yeah. It's a medium plot. <laughs> it's not good, it's not bad. Yeah, it's an okay plot. Yeah. It's an okay plot. The action is decent, if not super compelling. Mm-hmm. It's a nice low stakes kind of stuff for the first half. It feels like a spy movie, which I'm into. Yeah. Wonder Woman and Audrey, that's, I mean, I don't know, man. There's a lot of chemistry there. I, I could watch significantly more of it. Yeah, I would watch that movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad, to, I'm glad to hear that this wasn't a total bust for you because no. I was a little worried coming in. No, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think... Uh, there have been episodes before where I've been low energy because I hate it, but I think I'm just low energy tonight because I didn't, I, I thought this was going to be a quick one, but we've talked for a while, but I mean, like ultimately I think it's fine. I think, uh, it's, it's a rare thing for us because normally they're either great or they're terrible. And this is one of those, uh, Goldilocks episodes where it's just, Mm -hmm. it's just fine. I don't think that's what the moral of that story was, but I will let it go. I don't. I don't think that the, the whole thing about the porridge was just fine, but it could have been great. Well, no, it's 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 not. It's not too hard. <laughs> it's not too soft. It's just right. It's not good. It's that's, not that's bad. Not, it's just right. That's not at all. That is exactly what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, write in with your thoughts <laughs> and comments. Can we teach Gary the meaning meaning of an idiom? <laughs> What'd you call me? <laughs> 
but yeah, uh, that, that, that wraps this arc up. Another Wonder Woman one and another, I'm going to say, passes the bar. Excellent. Yeah, uh, I, I would yeah. agree with that. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a respectable B. Perfect. So that's going to conclude this arc. Until next time, Ben, where can people find you? People can find me in the uh, rubble beneath a abandoned Cosnian super secret uh, marriage base. Uh, nobody has gotten to me yet. It is very dark, <laughs> and I'm hoping I don't run out of air. Um, <sighs> but I, in the meantime, I'm going to be doing my podcast, The Cartoncast, with my brother Zane. You can check it out at fancybat.com slash cartoncast. Awesome. Oh, no, I was in a nightclub, Gary. Oh. <laughs> you can hear the nts going on behind me. Yes. That's how you can tell. That's where we would clip in nts if we did editing. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, and where, where can people find you, Gary? Well, normally I can be found at the Wax Nostalgic Network, but for the next week or so, I'm going to be at the library combing through children's books and seeing how many of them I misunderstood. <laughs> We'll get you up to speed for the next arc, Hearts and Minds. Hearts and Minds. Which I think is uh, another Green Lantern arc. Cool. Which, it's been a little while. It has. And I think it might have Kilowog. Ooh. Excellent. Yeah. Well, that sounds very cool. So, we will dive into that next time, and hopefully we'll get a good Green Lantern arc. It, it can only be so long. It can, it's only a matter of time, Gary. Right. <laughs> Until then, Ben, this has been fun, and uh, see you soon. Catch you later. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to The Watchtower. To find out more about this show or any of our other shows, visit us on the web at www.waxnostalgicnetwork.com.